Welcome to the Graves Podcast in sports betting entertainment. My name is Tanner Kern, certified G, bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. In this right here, this is G Money Grant Mitchell. The sports calendar is limited. There's very limited hockey. There's very limited basketball except for the All-Star game. There's very limited college basketball. It's a bunch of Northeast mid-majors tonight, and you can't teach that. Bada boom. Man, the people in the room. Welcome into Ride the Line. We're still giving you the picks, though. We are still giving you the picks. It is trying times a little bit, and it's weird because we've been stuffed with the calendar for a long time, so it's weird that it's slowed down a little. feels a little like summer again. It's kind of boring. Like, this is the worst time. Like, you're not at March Madness yet. You know, the NBA is at the All-Star Game. Hockey, like, nobody really talks about hockey. Um, so we're just kind of just kind of in that limbo. And college basketball, like, the big day of college basketball is always a Saturday. It's not Friday. Uh, so, yeah, we're just trying to stay alive right now. Yeah, but I mean, like you said, we got All-Star Weekend coming up. You know, there's some good games this weekend. We still got enough to talk about. Oh, definitely. We got plenty to talk about. I'm very excited to do that on the show here on Ride the Line. Before we get into that, make sure you follow the page, like the video, subscribe, share, do it all. Guys, let's get this thing to the moon here. It's going to be a lot of fun when we get to March Madness and we get to baseball season. We got stuff going on every day. So make sure you get locked in for that. And it starts right now by subscribing. Tanner, pop quiz. It's not even really a quiz because I don't know the answer. Will a top two seed win March Madness? Um, No. Interesting. Going with the underdogs. I don't know. It, it depends here. Like everyone's really high on UConn right now. I wouldn't touch UConn. I don't think UConn's as dominant as they were last season, just from watching them every night. Um, I think there's a lot of teams that could win this year because nobody really strikes me as that dominant in college basketball. If you look at some of the results, and I mean, this happens all the time too, but it's happening again this year where it's like number four loses on Monday, number three loses on Tuesday, number six loses on Wednesday. It's like there's just like a constant shuffle in the top 15 or so. Let's see. Let's see what the top 25 is looking like right now. Like everyone's like UConn is like leaps and bounds better than everyone, at least in the odds market and then Purdue as well. But like, I don't, I I like UConn. Don't get me wrong. I think UConn has a very good shot. It's hard to go back to back though. Purdue, I'm kind of feeling Purdue a little bit. I think they have a a, a chance to make a little bit of a run. They're going to be a one seed though. Houston, I don't, no, Marquette's the fourth-ranked team in the nation. Like, UConn owns them. It's just – it's very interesting. Like, Marquette's your fourth-ranked team in the country. UConn's number one. And UConn would be a upwards of a six, seven-point favorite against Marquette at home. Yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, it, it is part of what makes college basketball and March Madness so special. I mean, if this was the NBA regular season title, you could just lock it up and hand it to UConn. But that's not how it works. It's – it's a bunch of 18-year-old kids, and if they lose one game, they're playing you know two, three games in a weekend. If they lose once, they're done. Yeah, I kind of like Kansas, too. I don't mind Kansas as well. Um, other than that, though, like I don't think it could go to more than a, a two-seed because looking at, the, looking at the list of college basketball teams in the top 25 right now, it, the, the talent gap is very wide for those like later teams. Yeah, for sure. And NIL has helped with that. You know, there's more parity across all of college sports. I mean, there there, there are dominant, you know, pipelines like Georgia and football. They've got all the money in the world, but you do see people, uh, talent gets spread out as well to teams that probably wouldn't get those kids otherwise. And it comes down to which teams get hot at the right time, like FAU going all the way to the Final Four. I don't think that's going to happen again this year, but they got hot at the right time. They found a way to come back against Kansas State in the Elite Eight and credit to them. It almost it basically helped UConn. Like when once UConn got to the Final Four last year, there was nobody that could hang with them. 
And Tanner, if the people need reason to subscribe to the channel, you and I, both UConn futures ticket holders last year. Yeah, UConn was pretty easy last year. And again, they they looked the part in the tournament. They weren't as necessarily as dominant in the regular season. But once the tournament was playing out, there was no doubt UConn was going to win the thing. Because, I mean, what, San Diego State, UConn, um, FAU, who's the other one? Uh, of it was, was it Miami? Yeah, it was Miami. Yeah, Miami. Like nobody, just nobody was on their level last year. And I feel like it could be that this year. Like, even though I don't think UConn's as good as they were, I still think the tournament quality is just very bad. So that's why I say UConn, Purdue right now, those would be my top two. Yeah, I've got problems with Purdue just because I, I've i got this thing where I don't want to bet on a team that has the best, the quote unquote best player in college basketball who's not going to get drafted into the NBA. Like, that's how I felt about Luke Garza at Iowa. He wins player of the year, but he's not, I, I don't, I can't, I don't think he got drafted. Maybe he got drafted at the end of the second round. But I mean, if you're literally player number one in college basketball, and it's an argument of if you're going to get drafted, like, I don't want to touch that. Zach Eady is probably not going to get drafted. Maybe going to go at the end of the second round. So am I going to count on him to carry Purdue to a natty? I probably wouldn't. I would probably fade that pick. He's just a big man. Like, that's the thing about him. Like, he's he's big. Like, Klingon is going to go ahead of way. Klingon's going to be a top, what, 10 pick, probably? So, so I'd be interested to see what the mock drafts are. Yeah, I think he's supposed to go early first round. I mean, and he's just – I think he's just more mobile and agile under the under the ramp. Um, but the odds are pretty good right now. UConn plus 650, Purdue plus 650. So, you're getting both those for that price. And then Houston plus 900, Arizona 1100, Tennessee 1500, Auburn 17 to 1. So, like, I just can't see going past a Kansas at 25 to 1. Like, I don't, I don't see anyone winning outside of that, that Kansas group. Yeah, I, I can't blame you for that. But you do have some college basketball picks for Friday, so why don't you share them with us? I do have plenty of college basketball picks. So the way we're going to go, guys, here, we're going to give a couple college basketball picks right now. We'll finish by talking about the NBA All-Star game. Grant's going to lead that a little more. I got a few picks there, but not as many. I'm focused on Friday mid-major college basketball so let's start with i got four picks that i got but i'm only going to give out two today if you want more you got to go to the personal social media channels um and the wsn channel but the first one that i'm plug yeah good plug good plug no free shout outs but free shout out there um yale minus six and a half against penn the yale bulldogs they have been printing money for betters they are nine and one in their past 10 games against the spread been absolutely sensational and penn just really isn't a great team the uh, yale is 7-0 in the ivy league penn's one in six in the ivy league yale's on that nine game winning streak and again just covering like a crazy person right now these two teams played on february 3rd yale won 74 to 58 I think Penn's going to get better in this game. There's only room to go up, really, based on how they play. They were 37% from the field, 27% from three. Uh, Yale was over 50% on the night, so they might not be as good as they were, but when it comes down to it, defense is going to make the difference in this game. Um, Yale's more balanced, 89th in the Kempom rankings. Penn is 205th, and they're 264th in adjusted defensive efficiency, so just not a team that I want to bet in this spot, only getting six and a half points at home here. Um, all starts with sophomore Danny Wolf for Yale. He's been really good, one of the best players in the Ivy League, averaging nearly a double double, 15 10 double double on every night. Uh, rebounds, shoots well, 50% from the field, dropped 24 points, 12 rebounds against Penn last time. He's got three 20 plus point games in his past five. So just a, a really good spot for Yale, I think, to get another win over Penn. 
Yeah, at the end of the day, you trust Ken Palm. The Ken Palm rankings are like God-tier rankings. I, I don't know what the dude did to figure it out, but his rankings are just awesome, and there's a clear separation between these two teams. Take the better team, take Yale. Ken Palm's like, it's kind of crazy how good Ken Palm is because so I had a pick yesterday, and I didn't give it on the show, obviously, because we didn't have the show yesterday, but it was Temple versus FAU, and FAU is good. Don't get me wrong, but Temple was a 19-and-a-half-point underdog against FAU on the road. They ended up losing by 12. So I, I took the points with Temple. So it was pretty easy cover. Um, they went into the locker room down uh, 11, which was a little scary. Came out, had a really good second half there. But overall, defensively, Temple was a pr pretty decent defense. They just can't score. That's their biggest issue. But seeing like how much defense matters in college basketball and seeing where the Ken Palm rings were, I'm like, 19 and a half is way too much. So definitely focus on Ken Palm. You can see some big differences. And I have another big difference here, Grant, with the Ken Palm rankings that's very, very noticeable here. Looking at VCU minus five and a half against St. Louis tonight. Defense defines VCU. They're 35th in adjusted defensive efficiency from Ken Palm. St. Louis is 312. So you're getting that right there, and you're only seeing a five-point spread. That's a massive difference. Um, St. Louis is 209th overall in the rankings. VCU is 81st. Huge gap, and even though VCU is on the road, five points is not enough. Um, they've won four of their past five games. St. Louis has lost four of their past five. The offensive edge goes to St. Louis just a little bit, but their defense hasn't been good, as I said with the uh, the Ken Palm rankings. And I'm going to trust defense any day of the week over offense. The Rams allowed just 65 points per game compared to St. Louis at 77. VCU did win their last game against St. Louis, 85-61. Absolutely embarrassed them. So the Billikens just simply couldn't handle VCU's defense. And they were sensational from the field. Um, they're starting to get healthy right now. Max Scholl is one of the players to watch for them. Defensive-minded guard, really physical guy who can go down and get rebounds and score when he has to for his team. So I'm leaning towards another VCU cover here. Again, Ken Palm told me why. Yeah, I love VCU's defense, as always, very aggressive on the perimeter. One thing to keep an eye on, their performances kind of go the way of how their second leading scorer does, Joe Bamisil. And he's, you know, again, second on the team in scoring, giving you more than 12 a night. But looking at some of his recent scoring outputs, it's been 5-13, Like Any sort of consistency from him, 15-plus a night, I, I don't know how you feel about this. Like I said, he's averaging 12 points. I would rather him score 12 every night than go 525. I, I want some sort of consistency. I want to know from what I'm getting from you. But at the end of the day, this is one of the more experienced players on the roster. And if he can give you a more stable output, VCU becomes a very scary tournament team because of their defense. Yeah, and I think defense is going to be the reason they win tonight, whether he scores or not. Um, it's not They're not that team that's going to score a ton of points. Like the last game they played – against St. Louis was the rarity putting up 85. I think it's going to be a low scoring defensive battle, slow the tempo down that they just wear them down throughout the game. So yeah, consistency would help there to get another score um, to add in with Shulga. But overall, I mean, defense is just there. That's how they're going to win. Yeah, for sure. Tanner, I got to admit, I'm a little upset. There's no NBA games today because right now things could not be going better for me. If you guys have been following my work on WSN.com, the world sports network, as you should be, and as you should be following Tanner's work as well, you will know I'm 62% against the spread in the NBA this season. Like I've been, I've been crushing when I uh, hit the pick yesterday, had the Timberwolves minus eight and a half uh, against the Blazers. And I also just personally had the Warriors. Can I tell you, by the way, how, how hard the Warriors tried to throw that game away? They were up by 20 in the fourth quarter. They let the jazz 
who have been terrible on offense. No, excuse me, terrible on defense recently. They let the Jazz hold them, I think, five minutes scoreless in the fourth quarter. Utah made a season high in three-pointers. And then Steph goes to the line late in the game for a chance to get us back to the cover. And he misses a free throw. The best free throw shooter in NBA history. They The line was minus two and a half. I had the Warriors there. They won by three. Colin Sexton had a wide, wide open. No defender within five feet of him. Three-pointer at the buzzer. He ended up missing it. But Golden State tried to give that game away. But that was my sweat. Um, and I got to I gotta be honest. We all enjoy a good sweat. So the fact there's no games on Friday is kind of bumming me out. But we do have the All-Star weekend. And I always said that I'm going to take point on this one. So... Why don't I start off by telling you, um, I, I, I don't know so much if I have a pick on the game itself. I know you do later on. We'll get to that. But I want to talk about the three-point shootout because I think this one's going to be pretty interesting. Damian Lillard won the event last year. He's the favorite at plus 390. However, he is currently having the worst shooting season of his entire career. If you take out the year where he played 20 games and was injured for most of it, he just hasn't looked right. Um, I mean, he's still got his deep ball. He's shooting... I think 34% from beyond 30 feet, um, which tells you, you know, he still got his touch, but I just don't know if I'm looking at him at this heavy of favorite uh, as this heavy of a favorite considering he has been struggling. And then I think in many ways, a lot of these candidates are flawed, you know, just going down the list next, you've got Halliburton. He's coming back from a hamstring strain recently. He's not really in the best rhythm. Trey young is a high volume three point shooter, but he's not necessarily the most efficient. He shoots worse than 36% from his career. That's below league average. After that, you got Malik Beasley, who's pretty much entirely a catch and shoot guy. Now he's coming off the rack. Carl Anthony Towns at plus 700. I mean, we're talking about the guy who's in fifth, and this is the first one I find very interesting. This is a former champion. He won in 2022. Um, you know, he, he's used to creating his own shot. He he doesn't really go that cold from the field. Um, so I think him at plus 700 is good. Donovan Mitchell plus 750 is interesting, but again, he can go cold. He can go hot, but he can go cold. I honestly think my two favorite picks here are Towns at plus 700 and Jalen Brunson at plus 750. I mean, the fact that Jalen Brunson's shooting better than 41% from three as a six-foot nothing guard in the NBA, he's creating his own shot while constantly at a size disadvantage. Now it's just him in an open gym with some fans watching, but this guy's been clutch all season long. You know, he's, he's used those pressure moments. And I know this is his first three-point contest, but I think he can do pretty well. So Towns and Brunson in that plus 700 plus 750 range. I think the value is on these guys. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I really like Carl Anthony Towns there. He was caught my eye at plus 700. I know you're talking about Therese Halliburton coming off the injury, but also too, I think being in Indianapolis is also, that's probably a reason the odds are a little better there, you know, playing in front of the home crowd. Um, I don't know how that'll electrify him, but Cat for plus 700 and Brunson too. I mean, Brunson's having a tremendous year. The Knicks are having a really good year. Um, it seems like Brunson coming to the Big Apple has really just, you know, made him a different vibe kind of player in his career. Like he is that guy now. Um, and we're starting to see that. So I could see him winning this as well. Yeah, I agree. A pick I do like, you know, I touched on it. I would probably bet the under on Malik Beasley's round one score. It's at 20 and a half. I, I, I just don't think he's going to do well. Like he, he's awesome. He's shooting 45% from three, but it's all pretty much catch and shoot stuff. This is a totally different environment. And I just, you know, it's it's very different when you're in rhythm catching and shooting versus you have to reset, grab it off the rack, find the find the uh, find the leather, and then put it back up. So I I just don't think he's going to do that well. Um, moving on three? over to the, go you ahead. Get three is it three for three for a regular shot and like four for the money ball? 
No, no, it's one for regular and then two for the money ball. And there's a whole rack of money balls that they get to pick. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the under on that. Um, Moving on over to the dunk contest. I know you got something here. I think we're both on. I think we both have the same pick. We both like Jalen Brown at plus 420, right? I mean, again, Jalen Brown plus 420. It's good value there. Mac McGlung. My my biggest fear about Jalen Brown, like he doesn't need to win the dunk contest. Like it's amazing he's even competing in the dunk contest. It, it's he could give up halfway through it. Where you look at a guy like Mac McGlung, who's minus 190, right? Like he won it last year. Like this is the Super Bowl for him. This is that. This is better than any G League event he's going to play in. He's also, uh, I don't know if you know this, Tanner, he's a high school basketball mixtape legend. So he's been doing dunks for a while. Yeah, so as cool as it is like to see Jalen Brown in it, like I would probably bet Jalen Brown. I wouldn't bet minus 190, but I, I mean, Mac McGlung is like, this is, this is, he's, he probably trains for this, where Jalen Brown does not train for this. Yeah, Mac, Mac definitely trains for this, Um, like. Even when he does videos with YouTubers and stuff, it's like I w- I worked out with the slam dunk champion. You know, that's his thing. Um, Jacob Toppin is interesting. He's, he's got some real bunnies. He's just in the G League. I don't see him, so I don't know what he's going to do. Jaime Hawkes, what I mean, he won a high school dunk contest, but then again, pretty much every player in the NBA has. And I just don't think he gets off the ground high enough to really do anything too fancy. Um, so I I think it's going to be one of those top two, Jalen or Mac. Um, I would go Jalen just because I'd rather bet plus 420 than minus 190. Um, we were talking about some of the skills challenge and the rising stars and the skills tournament and all that. Got to be honest, I don't, I don't really I don't really have a pick in any of that. Um, and that leads us on over into the All-Star game. And I know that you do have a pick in the All-Star game. I mean, it's it's a light pick, but I would say take the over of 362 and a half. 12 of the past 18 All-Star games have gone over the total, and you're taking the best players in the world, sticking them on the same floor. They all can score. Nobody plays an ounce of defense. So I really wouldn't want to lean under even at such a you know a monstrous total. It's already dropped a point. It was 363 and a half down to 362 and a half, but it can get here quick. Like just looking at the guys who are on the floor for the All-Star game, Tatum, Giannis, Dame, uh, LeBron, like just guys that can do a whole lot of different things with the basketball and put up a ton of points very quickly. So I wouldn't want to mess with the under if you are playing a total. If you if you don't like the over, I would stay away. Luka Doncic over 10 and a half points. That's my pick there. It's Luka. He's going to bomb some threes. I, 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 10 and a half is, I think it's too low. He's also minutes? one of the younger guys out there. So he's probably going to, you know, be forced into playing more minutes by whoever the coach is. How many minutes is he going to play, you think? I don't know, like 25, 22, something like that. Over 10 and a half seems a little low there. Like shy over 16 and a half looks pretty good. Luca over 10 and a half looks good. They're all, all the totals are really low. You just got to figure out who's playing the most minutes. Do you, um, without looking, unless you've seen it already, do you know who has the highest total? I'm assuming Giannis. It is Giannis. It's 28 and a half. And then it's Lillard and Tatum both at 24 and a half and then LeBron Durant and Steph all at 20 and a half. Well, you got to think if they're going to score 360 points, like in that range, like there's going to be a few guys who are, who are popping off. Oh yeah. There's going to be somebody who scores 40 or 50 or something like that. I mean, what are these three point shooters? It, you know, it could be, it could be Maxi Brunson, uh, Booker, Steph, Dame, Tatum, Luca, like somebody's gonna make 
eight threes in a row. You know, like some something like that's going to happen. They're going to make five, six threes in a row. And from that point on, like their teammates are just going to pass it to them every time they go down. All right. So last year, the total was 175. It was that Giannis versus LeBron or LeBron versus Durant kind of format. But 175 to 184 last year. So that got over 360. Did that get over? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> 175 plus 360. I'm, I'm going off. I got to do my math too early in the morning. 184. So that that did not get over 363 and a half. That's a lot. I still like the over though. Yeah, it's the All Star Game. Uh, like like you were like we were talking about during the Super Bowl. Even though we both did bet the under, who's actually rooting for the under? And, and this is different. This isn't the NBA Finals. This is the All Star Game. So actually, the last format though, where it was like East versus West, one ninety two to one eighty two. So that one got over, and then one ninety six to one seventy three. So that one should have gotten over too. So yeah. yeah. I'll take it. I'm not playing. I'm not playing an under in an all-star game. Are you kidding me? Hell no. But Luca, 10 and a half points. I've, that, that's got to be a lock. Should be. He, I mean, he can score. As long as he doesn't get too tired. He gets really tired. He's, he's not going to want to play. Yeah, we'll see. It's the all-star game. They're going to be out there. But, Taylor, that does it for our picks on this Friday episode of Ride the Line. We hope you all enjoy the college basketball tonight, this weekend. And we hope you enjoy the all-star game over the weekend. But that's going to do it. Tanner, go ahead and get us on out of here. That was Ride the Line, the greatest podcast in sports betting entertainment. We'll see you on Monday for another episode.